Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. Uh, today we're going to cover a couple interesting topics. Uh, later on we're going to talk about the white hot MJ-12 report. That's something I've never talked about here on the podcast before. Uh, it's a... Uh, a leaked document uh, that was leaked actually in the mid-1990s to Tim Cooper uh, as to whether it's real or not, nobody really can say. Uh, a, a lot of people think it is real. There are a lot of people in the UFO community, people like uh, Ryan Wood, as well as his father, uh, Robert Wood, who investigated this, who re- did a lot of research on this, and they, they came to the conclusion that it's highly likely that it is an actual real document. Uh, we're going to talk about that later on. I think it's very interesting. There's a lot of stuff in there that uh, uh, really is uh, give, gives you food for thought. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk about is this uh, Wikipedia and uh, Wikipedia, uh, that new organization that Rob Heatherly of uh, Military Witnesses to UAP has been talking about the last couple of months. Uh, there's this organization, Wikipedia, uh, excuse me, uh, Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia. It's basically a well over 100 people, uh, debunkers who who are basically controlling some of the pages on Wikipedia uh, with regard to uh, UFOs and extraterrestrials and people who are related to, who study this, like UFO investigators, and they're controlling the narrative on a lot of these pages. Well, over the weekend, I was doing some research and I was uh, wanted to find out some more information on uh, Edward, Edward Ruppelt's 1956 book, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects. It was uh, Ruppelt, uh, was, uh, he was the first director of Project Blue Book. He was a captain in the United States Air Force, and after he retired, uh, he went to work for Northrop Aircraft Company, and uh, he also published his book in 1956. Uh, and it's a very interesting book, uh, especially made a lot of waves at the time. And I was doing some research on it. And when I found, I, I looked at it on the Wikipedia page, and I noticed that, uh, the, for one thing, there was some false information on the Wikipedia page. And also, uh, they made the MJ-12 documents, they stated outright that, it, that they were c- clearly a hoax or or. or uh, uh, to, or uh, hoaxed or, or bogus and really there's no absolute end-all evidence that ever showed that these documents were hoaxed or, or bogus I mean uh, outside of some comments from a couple of Air Force officials uh, a disinformation uh, agent uh, for instance named uh, Richard Weaver uh, this, uh, that's about it. I mean, then he never really offered any evidence to to, to show that these are, are bogus. Nobody really has, actually, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Some, some of them I do believe are bogus, but some of them I think are real. Uh, but I guess we're probably not ever going to know for sure. But the bottom line is the way this Wikipedia page on the, on the report on unidentified flying objects was set up, it made it sound like uh, that these things were were phony. And of course, I didn't like that at all. So I decided to go in and make some changes to that page myself. And uh, I want to uh, tell you how everything has gone down, at least to this point. On Sunday, uh, I, I, I went in there. I'm going to pull this up here now so you can see what I'm doing. Uh, 
this is the Wikipedia page. I I, I use the moniker Shark Fisherman. That's the name I use on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, I just it was a re- I just created this account just recently. I guess late last year. Uh, Shark Fisherman actually uh, be, that's named after Quint, uh, the character in the movie Jaws, played by Robert Schatz, one of my favorite characters, of course. Uh, I think probably anybody who likes movies would agree with that. Uh, one of the most colorful uh, movie characters of all time. But anyway, uh, so I, I went in there and, and there were some revisions that I made. Now, if you go to this uh, Wikipedia page, you could go to the, the main pages. If you were to go there without uh, checking out the history or anything or how it was edited in the past, you'll see you'll see this article here on uh about this book that was published in 1956 by Edward Ruppelt. Now, I uh, went and made some changes on Sunday. I made one change on Sunday, and I'm gonna, we're going to go over that, the first change I made, and, and how I, I did receive a response, actually, from, uh, and somebody went in there and made other additional changes after I made my change, and the person who made the changes is apparently someone from this guerrilla skepticism on Wikipedia. Uh, because I've seen this name pop up before on, on some of these other Wikipedia pages. Anyway, um, the, this was the first change I made. It was on February 18th uh, at uh, 2045 hours. And uh, this is, uh, you could actually, you, the way Wikipedia is set up, you could see all the edits that were made and, and what, it, what it looked like before, what it looks like now. So uh, this was the change that I made. Uh, the original uh paragraph uh, stated this in one section of this uh of the of the of this page it stated the twining member the twining memo they're talking about the twining memo of 1947 where uh general nathan twining stated that the uh, ufos are are something that's real and they're not fictitious or visionary uh and it says here the twining memo should not be confused with the hoaxed cutler twining memo dated july 14th 1954 included as part of the bogus majestic 12 documents in 1985 now the cutler twining memo was actually something uh it was a, just a, a a little brief message uh, that was sent to uh General Twining uh, from Robert Cutler in 1954 that just asked him to attend this meeting of the MJ-12. Now, a lot of people in the UFO world, uh, they don't want to believe this because they don't, I mean, if MJ-12 exists, that that completely collapses their entire theory that there's nothing to any of this. So they, they for decades now, they've been saying that it's, it's been hoaxed, that was hoaxed, even though it was found at the National Archives. Uh, but regardless, uh, they, they, there's no positive evidence that it was hoaxed. I mean, it says here that this this paragraph just states out uh, plainly that it's not to be confused with the hoaxed Cutler Twining memo, uh, as included as part of the bogus Majestic Twelve documents. Like as that's a fact, it was written as if that's a fact. That's but it's not a fact. So I went in there and I changed that. I wrote the Twining Memo should not be confused with the Cutler Twining Memo dated July 14th, 1954, included as part of the alleged Majestic 12 documents in 1985. I actually, so what I did there was I removed the word hoaxed and uh, completely, and, and I also changed the word bogus to alleged. And then uh, I made a statement as to uh, why I did this, and I actually wrote, you can see here, it says... Uh, my comment on this, I said, there is no definitive proof that the Cutler-Twining memo is a hoax or, the, or that the MJ-12 briefing memo is a hoax. So within about five or six hours, uh, somebody named Fiofer, which I've seen this name before, apparently this is someone who is with Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia. Uh, he had, this person had to chime in, he or she, I don't know who, you know who this person is. 
and they made a change. They they actually added something to the end of this uh, to this paragraph to this uh, to this section rather. Uh, and this was the addition. It says the FBI declared those documents to be completely bogus, and many ufologists consider them to be an elaborate hoax. Okay, so they wanted to make it clear that they, even though all over the internet they're talking about how these documents could be hoaxed and or or or, or bogus, they had, he, they had to do they had to add that in. Uh, and and his comment was, or her comment, I don't know if it's a he or a she, says, uh, added plus statement and source of widespread belief MJ-12 is bogus slash hoax, but still leaving the door open and not actually declaring it such. Okay, that was fine. Uh, but I did go back and I did make another change to that after uh, Fee Offer made that change. And we're going to go check that out now. And this was, the, this was on uh, Monday, yesterday. So I went back in. And uh, I actually changed uh, he, where he had, and he wrote, or she, that, and many ufologists consider them to be an elaborate hoax. I changed it to, and some ufologists consider them to be an elaborate hoax. And then uh, I, I commented, I said, I changed the word many to some. We know there are some who think the documents are hoax, but stating many implies a lot. No polling exists that informs us the percentage of ufologists who believe the documents are hoaxed. Now, up to this point, uh, no one has changed anything on this. Uh, uh, Geoffer has not returned and made another uh, any additional changes or, or argued with me about my, my change from many to some. But I didn't stop there. I actually kept on going. And uh, the next one I did, I'm going to show you. Uh, let's go to the next change that I made. Uh, now this was a, there was a false statement that was in here uh, in the original uh, in the original page it was saying no copy of this document or this was this was this was they were talking about the estimate of the situation <clears throat> now of course the estimate of the situation is something that I did talk about before in this podcast and a lot of people in in the ufology talk about it uh, basically what that was in 1948 Project Sign which was the first group to uh, investigate UFOs for the Air Force. Uh, they came up with the people uh, that were part of this uh, project sign. They came. They, de- they determined that that the the objects are interplanetary, and they they provided a this estimate of the situation report uh, to General Hoyt Vandenberg. Vandenberg said, "No, no, we, we we're not going to say it's ex- it's interplanetary. That this is extraterrestrial. You got to come up with something better." Then soon after, Project Sign was was uh, dismantled and it was transformed into Project Grudge. Uh, a lot of the people who came to that conclusion were reassigned to the, the conclusion that it was in, that the, the UFOs are interplanetary in nature. They were reassigned, uh, but no copy of the document ever uh, has been brought forth. But anyway, in the original uh, Wikipedia uh, section on the estimate of the situation in this uh, uh, for this page, it, sa- it stated no copy of this document or any other corroboration of Rupelt's claim has been produced. Uh, so that was false. That's false information. That, that's, that was, I don't know how that got in there, but that's, that, that's not true. So I changed it. I actually, in fact, I actually cited, uh, uh, Richard Dolan's uh, UFOs in a National Security State, the, his, the first volume, uh, to sh- as the evidence that that's, that statement is false. So I changed it to, no copy of this document has been produced, but Rupelt's assertion that it existed <clears throat> was corroborated by Air Force Major Dewey Fournette, quote, who prepared an affidavit in the late 1950s that confirmed the document's existence. And then, of course, I had this, after that, I, had, I, I inserted this citation from Dolan's book. 
on that. And there was other proof to this too, uh, with regard to that. Actually, uh, uh, Jerome Clark, uh, an investigator, actually talked about this. Uh, it says here, uh, this is from uh, military history fandom page here that I, I was looking at. Uh, it says uh, Rupelt's 1956 book, which which first publicly disclosed the estimate, was cleared by the Air Force. Clark writes. Uh, that uh, that as late as 1960, Air Force officials denied that the estimate was real, despite the fact that censors had approved Rupelt's book a few years before. According to Clark, the United States Air Force later formally admitted the estimate was real, but Clark's bibliography does not make clear what statement or document confirmed the estimate's reality. But anyway, it was it wasn't just Richard Dolan; it was also uh, Clark. So that's another interesting. Uh, uh, change it's interesting that 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 the information presented initially on that wikipedia page had a false statement there that's not surprising considering uh well this guerrilla skeptics organization when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply and then I actually went in and I made it, I, I removed another, uh, there was something else that I removed in there. Uh, I'll show you what that was. <clears throat> uh, in the original, in the original uh, page, it stated, and popular mechanics called the report probably more mytho- mythological than real. So I didn't like that. And I was like, well, why this popular mechanics is, uh, we're having a comment here from popular mechanics saying that, that the estimate of the situation was probably more mythological than, than, than factual. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. So I actually totally removed that comment completely because it's, it doesn't add anything to it. And it's just, just someone's opinion. It's like basically knocking on someone's doors up the street and saying, Hey, what do you think about the estimate of the situation? Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's probably mythological, you know, like the chimera. So I, I just took it out completely and I put in as my, uh, 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 the reason for, I, I, I wrote, I removed the popular mechanics comment because it, is, because it is merely an opinion that lacks merit. So, yes, it is. It is an opinion that lacks merit. So, uh, and that's some of the changes I made. Now, so far, n- none of these guerrilla skeptics have, have come back to make any additional changes. But I did find it very interesting that, you know, some mere, just hours after I made that first change on Sunday, G. Offer comes in there to make sure, hey, we got to make sure we got to put in those bogus and hoax and stuff, make sure we put in that kind of stuff. Right? And, and for all I know, they're going to return here and do some more, right, at some point. Uh, I just wanted to point it out, though, because that it was very, they moved in quickly. Like, when I made that initial change, right, they moved in quickly, like, a, quickly like, a, like vultures, right, to make, to, to, you know, to put in their two cents again. So that's how it works on here, folks. And, and uh, so you could uh, make some changes on here, but you don't know... You, they could come in and and add do some more changes. You could be doing this for for the rest of your life, trying to 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 uh, make these 
articles on Wikipedia fair and balanced. You could you could try to do that for your whole life, but you're probably going to be uh, constantly have to deal with these uh, debunkers who don't like the reality of the extraterrestrial presence here and, and want to pretend that it's not real and, 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 and say that all these leaked documents over the years are, or they'll say, state it as factual, as fact. Oh, it's bogus, it's hoaxed. When that's, you can't say that. You just can't do it. You could say, you, I, it might be hoaxed. A lot of us think it's hoaxed or, or, uh, or that it's uh, bogus, but that's fine. But it's you can't say that as fact because you don't you don't have any proof to back it up. In fact, like I talked about recently, uh, a lot of the Majestic Twelve documents, uh, I think that they are real, and there's the, the evidence points more to their being real than being fake in a lot of cases. So you can't just say state as fact that that's the situation that that's bogus or hoax. You gotta you gotta give it more context than that. But that's not what these, this group is doing. And this is only one page. We're talking here. This is one grain of sand we're talking about. I mean, Wikipedia has a lot of different pages that discusses UFOs and extraterrestrials. And uh, I, if you look at a lot of them, you realize, wow, this, these are a mess. They're not fa- there's a lot of facts that are kept out. There's a lot of bogus facts that are thrown in. A lot of, a lot of comments from debunkers. There's a lot of debunker comments in these, in these articles. Uh, from uh, it's 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 really sad, but I just wanted to see what would happen by by making a change and and yeah, uh, pretty quickly within hours uh, when I made that initial change, they one of them swooped in like a vulture to make sure. To, oh, what's this guy doing? And and he had to add in that extra sentence there, right, so, to make sure that everyone knows that everyone thinks it's bogus and a hoax, right? Not everyone, not everyone. And actually, there's there's probably a lot more changes that should be made to just this page alone that I'm talking about. Uh, this again, this was a page that was devoted to Edward Ruppelt's 1956 book, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects. So, yeah. Okay, now moving on, I want to talk about uh, the white hot document. Now, in uh, let's see here, let me pull it up here. Yes. Uh, uh, now I'm I'm on a, a web page, a website, uh, majesticdocuments.com. I'll leave the links for all of this stuff so you could check it out. And uh, this was very interesting. Uh, they talk about uh, Nathan Twining's white hot report mission assessment of recovered lenticular aerodyne objects. And apparently, this document was written uh, in September 19th, 1947, and it was sent to President Harry Truman. Now. Uh, I'm going to go to the, uh, let's see here. This is from, uh, actually, the. if you look at uh, the original Majestic 12 documents, of course, the original Majestic 12 documents that were leaked in, uh, the, in the early to mid-80s, 1984, uh, to some UFO researchers, uh, they included a briefing document that was prepared in 1952 for uh, incoming President Dwight Eisenhower, uh, to explain, to give them basically to provide a, a, a an appraisal of the situation with regard to uh, the recovered craft at Roswell and what they've learned and what what the situation is with regard to UFOs and extraterrestrials at that point in time, and it, it talks about how much it actually included as in, in that briefing docu- document a letter from. Uh, that was signed by Harry Truman on September 24th, 1947, which only would have been a mere, what, five days after this uh, white hot document was sent, was uh, prepared for Truman. And this was when Truman directed uh, then Secretary of Defense uh, Forrestal to uh, 
uh, basically established the MJ-12 group, and uh, we've talked about this. Everyone knows about that, right? And then if you look at the actual briefing document, it states here uh, 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 that the... Hold on, let me grab my glasses so I could read it because it's very small pipe. It says here, uh, in, the brief, in that briefing document from 1952, it says... Uh, a covert analytical effort organized by General Twining and Dr. Vannevar Bush uh, acting on the direct orders of the president resulted in a preliminary consensus on 19 September 1947 that the disc was most likely a short-range reconnaissance craft. So basically what the White Hot Report is then is this preliminary consensus that was mentioned in the briefing document to Eisenhower. So that's what I want to talk about today. It's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> actually, in the on the page here on the web website majesticdocuments.com, uh, it talks about it a little bit before, and then we'll get into the document itself. It says no one without express permission from the president may disseminate the information contained in this report or communicate it to any unauthorized person not possessing magic security clearance. The white hot report, and then a, that was a direct quote right from the, the the white hot report. And then it says the white hot report is a 19 page document dated 19 September 1947 and signed by an appropriate cadre of military leaders on 24 September 19. 47 several accounts of individual oh, we're not going to we're not going to read their assessment of it we're going to go right to the document here that's that's the interesting stuff uh you know and now some of the document you can't read it's 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 because it's it's so uh it's faded uh, some of it but you see some different names on here it says approved by harry truman and you can see vannevar bush's name on there uh um, you can see uh T nathan twining's name on there and anyway it it says here uh, we're going to go through some of this document, and there's some very interesting information in here. Uh, first of all, of all, starts off giving you the warning: "Hey, this is you know, we can't, this is the only magic eyes, magic employee eyes only could read this thing." Uh, and it says it talks about gives you the list of members. Uh, of course, it has uh, twining amongst other uh, important people in, in the Pentagon at, at the time, and it, uh, some of the contributing members. Robert Oppenheimer, as well as uh, Professor Albert Einstein's names, they're contributing members, so they were brought in on this to give their two cents at the time. Uh, and then it gives you, it tells you the story of uh, when the UFOs really start showing up in force. There's actually mention in here of a 1941 incident that could be the Cape Girardeau, Missouri uh, incident. If if this document is true, we don't know. Again, some people believe that it, it is. Uh, for for a, a myriad of different reasons, and some people say it's not that it couldn't be that it's just some port part of an elaborate hoax. But whatever the case, it is some very interesting reading, and we're going to go through some of the more interesting aspects of it. Like right here, you can see this one page I'm looking at right here. It's it, it's it's so you can't even read it because it, it the type actually disappears. It looks like it's faded that bad. Uh, but anyway, it, this is where it gets really interesting. It starts talking about uh, what they determined here. And it says, Project White Hot Intelligence Estimate Preliminary, Landing Zone 1. Now, it has a dateline here of Socorro, New Mexico. So I'm assuming these this group had probably uh, gathered or maybe the report was written in uh, Socorro, New Mexico. Of course, Socorro, is the, Socorro County is where White Sands uh, is located. So that probably uh, explains that. But anyway, it says here, The unidentified lenticular-shaped aerodyne, which has been design, uh, designated 
ULAT-1 or ULAT-1, has been evaluated as a non-air-breathing aircraft of unknown origin, totally lacking conventional wing, fuselage, nacelle, control, and fuel... Uh, systems strongly indicates it is not a not russian consultation with uh paperclip operation paper paperclip specialists concur aerodynamic features exhibited in ulot when re- represents a very high degree of engineering and sophistication not seen in this country dimensional homogeneity oh, yeah. Dimensional homogeneity study cannot explain how this craft sustains lead and lift factors necessary for flight. The power plant does not even remotely resemble any conventional type now in use. Lacking any discernible intake or exhaust features, it is the opinion of the Air Material Command and the Office of Naval Research that this craft was designed to operate outside of the Earth's atmosphere. The unconventional conclusions reached by members of this fact-finding mission remain tentative at this time. Some members expressed the view that ULAT-1 may be the product of an ad- of an advanced culture from another planet that is much older than ours and has utilized the science and intellect for interplanetary space travel. It is not precisely known if the occupants, occupants purposely had the objective of, of exploration out of curiosity or with the intent of surveying for other reasons. So far, no hostile action or intent has been observed since they made their presence known. Given the fact that our that our atomic bomb tests, atmospheric exploration with rockets, and then there's a couple, it looks like about a sentence blacked out here, and blank in New Mexico could have could have precipitated the events that led to the incident and subsequent actions taken by the military. Yeah, I just want to stop there for a second. Yeah, there's a there are some portions uh, of this document that are blacked out completely, and you can't read it, unfortunately. Uh, and there's one part in particular which I would really love to know what is there. But anyway, well, let's continue here. It says, Operating under the assumption that the fallen object was a long-range Russian reconnaissance platform collecting aerial intelligence data, military intelligence personnel were instructed to secure the craft, debris, and occupants as rapidly as possible. Now, some of this is hard to read, like I said, because it's like some of it's like uh, faded, faded out. Uh, concerns over potential exposure to civilians of unknown biological and chemical agents dictates the quarantine measures taken. Radiation hazards are assumed and uh, appropriate protective measures were taken as well. In the interest of the of national security priorities, it was necessary to detain civilian witnesses for interrogate, interrogation to satisfy intelligence requirements and quash rumors that... Uh, I can't read the next word, blank alert potential espionage agents known to be in the vicinity. Uh, okay, that, and quash rumors that could alert potential espionage, espionage agents known to be in the vicinity. Several bodies were discovered because on-site medical personnel were unsure of the physiological and something makeup of the occupants. Special preparations and preservation methods were employed. Autopsy information obtained so far suggests that the op- occupants mimicked the features associated with, and it was blacked out, but somebody had written over over there, Orientals. Outwardly, they appear human-like, but one, but with one exception, autopsy notes mention uh, men- autopsy notes mention a rarely observed blacked out. There's about uh, about a, almost a sentence worth blacked out here. A rarely observed 
blank present which supports the premise that these beings originate from another planet i'd like to know what that stated there a rarely observed what and then continuing here and it says part two technical evaluation preliminary Upon close examination of the exterior surfaces of the craft's fuselage, metallurgists found the skin to be of a ferrous metal white in color. The metal exhibits all the characteristics of high-grade... Can't read it. High-grade steel. It was determined that the steel was cold-formed and heat-treated. Tinsel... Can't read the next word. Was estimated in excess of 150 pounds... 150,000 pounds per square inch. Uh, Shear tests give the metal a durability rating above 175,000 pounds per square inch, making this fuselage extremely strong and uh, and resistant and heat resistant. Static and pressure flow simulations were impressive. The low profile ratio of six to one gives the Aerodyne a great advantage in overcoming the restrictions of the boundary layer effect in high-performance operations. Spar flanges are constructed in unusual kinematic design, uh, is, uh, which is believed to allow strain relief at supersonic speeds. There were no visible signs of plate stiffeners of of plate stiffeners there were no fasteners weld rivets or fittings holding the fuselage together lack of wings flaps stabilizers and and surface central features suggest that the craft is a lifting body there are no air intakes or exhaust there are no cables there are no identifiable electronics wiring ignition lights instrument compartment engine motors vacuum tubes solenoids generators heaters etc the power plant which was severely damaged and then it's blacked out here and it says neutronic engine and then blacked out again blacked out detected heavy water and deuterous flight hydrogen elements appearing in the primary igniter a series of coils and heavy magnets connected to the neutronic engine via an oddly arranged something of electrons and it's, it's hard to read here uh yeah anyway they're talking about the this the, the construction of this craft and uh, we're going to skip forward here because it's very difficult to read a lot of this uh, it says here there is a small exhaust aperture attached that uh that has what can be only described as a uh nelicoid mechanism and then it's blacked out the auxiliary motor may be articulated and then it then it goes on here it says navigation and engine controls may be activated uh may be activated tactile manipulation viewing have been achieved by a form of television imagery and this is really interesting here i thought symbolic notation appears in the uh, to the in the form of flight and control indicators uh, flat panels of unknown metal has been suggested as a device associated with the operation of the aerodyne and was discovered and analyzed. Its mode of operation and purpose is unknown. The absence of provisions, berthing compartments, and storage areas suggest the notion that this craft may be a short-range reconnaissance platform. The only recognizable features, and then the next page is all pretty much, you can't read it or it's blacked out. So we're going to have to move forward here. And then it goes on. Mode of operation is believed to be instrumentation and suggests that the aerodyne from reconstruction of available wreckage blacked out biosensory and optical stimuli for these reasons uh 
It says absence of indicator lights, absence of any circular dial dials, absence of linear dials or moving pattern, uh, moving pointers, absence of counters, absence of scopes, no me- uh, no mechanical signal indicator. There were no identifiable control types found among the assortment of artifacts that would indicate the operation of the propulsion unit was manually activated. Was manually activated. Knobs, push buttons, toggle switches, levers, balls, uh, and foot pedals were observed in interior space of the uh, flight cabin. None of that stuff was. They were not observed. Uh, it, it says so. There was nothing in there uh, like that. You would find in a craft that, that was constructed by human beings. The apparent lack of additional clothing and equipment reinforces the belief that the occupants were engaged in a purely exploratory flight. It is not presently known if electromagnetic radiation effects from the power plant had contributed to pilot error or death before impact. If inadequate shielding was the primary cause of pilot error, then it's blacked out. Detect it. It is believed by some uh, of the. Uh, see, it's hard to really see. Uh, of, it's hard to read this part here. It is believed by some of the crash inspection personnel that sudden de- decompression and change in atmospheric pressure may have contributed to pilot error. Clothing removed from occupants do not resemble any pressure suits currently being tested by the Army or the Navy for extreme altitude experiments. Let me just stop here for a second. Now we're pretty far into this right now. And it's so interesting to me because, I mean, even if this, say this was hoaxed, I mean, this would have taken somebody a lot of time and effort to put something like this together. I mean, you would have had to have somebody who's scientifically minded, right, to, to, to even think of including this kind of information in a, in this in a document like this. You would have to have that. You would have had, somebody would have had to dream up this whole uh, situation and then and then not only that but then try to put it onto paper and, and in a typeface and a font that would match documents from the past and it just it's after you start thinking about it it just starts to become impossible anyway let's continue here it says since since temperature and humidity factors for the occupants are unknown it is impossible to deter- to determine if decompression and temperature change affected circulatory and dexterity functions although it is believed the occupants may have been overcome or, or, or uh yeah, overcome by some yet to be discovered pollutant or noxious fumes originating inside the craft uh the rotation is it's hard to really read some of this some of these paragraphs here rotation or assembly basin oscillation could have been a contributing factor in pilot air. It is not known if organic effects played a part either since either since medical data is non-existent in which to make any judgment or blank to exact cause of death or machine failure. The most probable cause put forward to date of the crash is believed to be excessive acceleration combined with steep descent. The seating arrangement, see again, let's just all of this stuff that somebody, if this was faked, I mean, this, I mean, somebody really has some wild imagination and has a lot of time on their hands to put something like this together. 
<clears throat> the seating arrangement was transversely designed about the vertical axis of the occupants in a positive direction of flight. The panels removed from the craft resemble the ones taken from the occupants, suggesting a symbiotic relationship between operator and the functions of the aerodyne's operation. A very tentative working theory was expressed by the scientific members of the inspection team that pilot aerodyne interaction may occur via electronic non-word symbols perceived through the tactile manipulation of the fingers, feeding impulses to the brain and vice versa, all of which may suggest a non-inert quality of the materials existent as being a product of artificial intelligence. So, this is very interesting. Now, you have to put, like, if the document is real, now it was September 19th, uh, 1947 when it was put together, basically a little over two months since the crash of the Roswell uh, craft. So it, 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 it took this team two months to come up with all this, to make to try to determine how this thing operates, to, to give the, the president's uh, uh, a presentation, uh, an update on where they are. And, and this, this could be that. This could be what, this could actually be real. I, I like to see somebody step forward. If it's not real, I want, it would be nice if somebody would step forward and, and, and with the proof to show that it's not real. But this could actually be a real document that we're, we're, we're looking at here. Anyway, this it, it continues to become very interesting here. It says, The following elements were analyzed and found to exist in the small neutronic power plant that was found inside ULAP-1. A, uh, UF-6 in metallic form. B, hydrogen fluoride gas. C, water and uranium tetrafluoride. D, powdered magnesium and potassium chlorate. E, metal similar to lead with a chocolate brown color. F, U-235 in metallic form. G, plastic-like material similar to NE-102. H, beryllium. I, pure aluminum. H, therium isotope material. J, plutonium powder. Again, let's just stop here again for a second. I mean, this isn't, if you're talking, if this was hoaxed, we're talking, I mean, I would have to think that there would have to be multiple people involved at great time and expense to put something like this together, which makes me, leads me to believe that it's not fake, that this is an actual real document that the government prepared for President Truman back in uh, September 1947. Anyway, continuing. Scientists from Los Olamos and Sandia Base were alarmed that the power plant could possibly function as a bomb if the elements described above were processed in similar fashion as was done for the lens and shotgun detonators. This originally was the first conclusion. After further evaluation, it was determined that since no recognizable firing circuits were identified, the threat of death detonation did not exist the only evidence of circuitry found on the uh, meter was thin plastic like sheets fashioned like platters emossed on the exterior of the spherically shaped casing seated by a thin film of pure silver under high power magnification it was observed a series of fine grid like lines intersecting groups of dots arranged in circular patterns now let me just stop here again <laughs> now this to me seems like it's like this is a report based on things that would happen over the over a course of a couple months by a team of many different people and and experts and scientists this is the conclusions that they reached and this this that's what it really comes off as it doesn't come off as something that was uh, put together by someone uh, in their basement anyway continuing here it says scientific probabilities 
Based on all available evidence collected from recovered exhibits currently under study by Air Material Command, a bunch of other groups, MIT, uh, Office of Naval Research, blah, 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 are deemed extraterrestrial in nature. This conclusion was reached as a result of comparisons of artifacts blacked out discovery in 1941. So are we talking here... Uh, the 1941 is the is the discovery mentioned here the uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri crash. Uh, not a lot of witnesses to that. Not a lot of information to back that up. But uh, if it it could be real, right? It, it, that that's there that hasn't been proven one way or another. I mean, there's there there was a book written about that. There's it's been talked about in documentaries. Is the Cape Girardeau case? Is that what they're referencing here? Probably. Continuing here, it says the technology is outside the scope of U.S. science, even that of German rocket and aircraft development. Interplanetary space travel is possible, provided adequate funding, necessary resources are made available, and natural interest is peaked. Our solar system is not unique. Chances are favorable for intelligent life on other planets, notwithstanding similar development not unlike our own. Being that our culture is relatively young in relation to the cosmic scale, it is possible that other cultures may have developed faster or are much older and have avoided the pitfalls common in our, in our historical and scientific development. Human origins may not be constrained to one planet. Our genus may be found among solar systems similar to our own. The laws of physics and genetics may have a genesis in a higher structured order than order than once previously thought. Then this gets into the political considerations, and I find this extremely interesting. Political in, uh, considerations at that time, uh, and this is all this report again prepared, put together by by Twining, delivered to uh, Truman, and then Truman on the twenty fourth establishes Operation Majestic Twelve. Okay, let's see what the political considerations are. It says, one, given the existent, existing political climate in the United States and the unstable conditions in Europe, it is the considered opinion of the members that if the administration went public with the information as found in this report now, the results would be damaging, even fatal to the world political structure as it now exists. The following considerations were reviewed and debated, which led the mission to the following opinions. A. Public trust of the political institutions may be eroded and possibly be held in disrepute. Now, let me just stop there for a second. Okay, so this is uh, this is one of the considerations they're saying, that public trust in political... I, I'm wondering here now, it's interesting. Now, this is only, what, a mere two months after the Roswell incident. They're, they're already concerned. Uh, if this, this document, They're already concerned that public trust would be eroded uh, for, for lying for two months. I wonder what they feel, how they feel now. Okay, B, a complete revisioning uh, may take place. At, now, let me just stop here for a second. I want to point out that there are some spelling errors here throughout, but I, I think that that's not, I, I, I don't have an issue with that. This was a report. It wasn't meant to be seen. It wasn't, it wasn't something that was, uh, you know, it was something that was put together, uh, looked like somewhat hastily. Uh, and I don't think they were concerned about a few spelling errors here and there because it wasn't expected uh, to be read by a lot of other people. It was only expected to be read by one, the president. So, because it says here, a complete revisioning make take. May, instead of may, it says make take. Anyway, B, a complete revisioning may take place among institutions of higher learning, thus calling into question the certainty of scientific knowledge. Now think about that. Let's just stop there for a second. 
there was a concern that people might be thinking to them, all of a sudden starts thinking to themselves, well, why are we even bothering trying to figure this out when look at what they this uh, these extraterrestrials are, are able to do? We should start concentrating on 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 uh, on on this kind of stuff rather than what we're doing. What are we doing? I mean, there was concern that it might actually alter the course of uh, of of human development. Anyway, C, the ability of the armed forces to secure national security would be put in jeopardy and possibly lead to undue public fear and disorder. Of course, uh, that is a concern. There's no question uh, that there, they would have been concerned about that. People, the, the, the armed forces, how, how are they going to protect us from an invader from another world that is extremely advanced technologically compared to us? And then D is completely blacked out. I would love to know. This is the part I would love to know what D stated. But we don't know. We can only guess. E, history and religion in the political context would probably suffer the most damage, causing unprecedented upheaval in social and psychological well-being. Well, that's that's a concern that a lot of people still uh, talk about today. I, It's going to have some impact, but... Uh, I don't think we need to worry about that too much uh, at this point. F, political repercussions may occur in our diplomatic efforts of containing the communist threat to our democratic interests. Uh, I guess they were concerned that this might have a, an effect on on <laughs> containing the communists. I don't know how, but uh, that's what they felt. Uh, G, if such an announcement were made by the current administration, it could be perceived by opposing party as a trick, laying open to accusations of unethical posturing and manipulation of the public's mind. <laughs> Boy, nothing really changes, does it, after all these years? Nothing changes. Yeah, I... I Actually, the one thing I would have to say about what's going on today, though, it does seem like both, uh, despite everything else that's going on, it's been bipartisan. It's been a bipartisan effort to try to uh, get to the truth here uh, in, in since last year. That's what it really seems like. But they, they were concerned that, and you could see it. You could see one political party saying, you know what, uh, Truman there, Truman was the, the Democrat. The Republicans back then might have started saying, yeah, you know, he, they're just lying to us. That could have been that. That could have been something that might have happened. Who knows? It was definitely it was something that was brought up in this uh, document, and then it goes on to part five: national security structure. It says with the passage passage of the National Security Act of 1947, and then there's about three sentences blacked out as presented as presented an unprecedented situation with regard to maintaining secrecy related to the information contained in this report. In the early months of 1942, up until the present, intrusions of unidentified aircraft have occasionally been documented, but there has been no serious investigations by the intelligence arm of the government. Even the recovery case of 1941 did not create a unified intelligence effort to exploit possible technological gains with the exception of the Manhattan Project. So what they're saying here is basically that 1941, which I'm assuming case is the Cape Girardeau crash, they never really tried to reverse engineer the craft that they discovered. Continuing, we now have an opportunity to extend our technology beyond the threshold that we have achieved. Then it's blacked out. 
something about, aside from technological gains, we face an even greater challenge, that of learning the intent of such a presence. There are questions that remain unanswered, unanswered, such as what forces face us? What kind of defense do we have? Where do they come from and what kind of weapons do they possess? Where can we stage our forces in advance? Then it's blacked out. How wide a front? How many craft can we expect? And blacked out. About, two sen- about a sentence and a half there. Blacked out. Uh, but before we continue, I just want to go back to this. Yeah. So you see, this is the main reason. It's always been this reason, I, I, I believe. I mean, they're, uh, they wanted to uh, study this. They wanted to try to reverse engineer it. I mean, it's pretty clear in this, in this document. Uh, the techn- to exploit possible technological gains with the accept, you know, that's what they were trying to do here. Uh, that's, uh, that, that was one of the reasons for the secrecy. Uh, so, Yeah. It says here, we now have the opportunity to extend our technology beyond the threshold that we have achieved. Yep, exactly. They're still trying to do that. Anyway, continuing here, it says, the members of the mission are prepared to submit a separate report on just this problem alone, and it would take a dozen volumes to explain how these problems should be met. Our only point, however, is that a combined intelligence and research operation would be a vast intricate, covertly planned marshalling of resources, human and material to solve a specific, clearly defined problem. We have to find effective methods of persuasion with other government agencies without creating a sense of impending doom. The first task is to carefully appraise the problem. The second is to evaluate the known resources and probable strategy of the visitors. The third is to inventory our own ways and means, ascertain how much resources we can bring to bear and how fast. The third is to devise our strategic plan. And last is to work out with infinite pains the tactical details and the myriad secondary problems of funding and security. I think they figured that out, you know black programs as we all know uh they the the pentagon for the last how many years now they keep failing their audits anyway continuing it is the unanimous opinion of the members that operation majestic 12 be a fully funded and operational top secret research and development intelligence gathering agency it is also recommended that a panel of experts be appointed to chair and oversee the functions and operations of said agencies Uh, excuse me, agency. Its members should have appropriate security clearances and full cooperation, then it's all blacked out. The National Security Council, the Pentagon, blacked out. Uh, Joint Intelligence Committee, Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency, Central Intelligence Agency, Atomic Energy Commission, Joint Research and Development Board, Army Security Agency, and the National Advisory Committee on Aeronautics. Then it's blacked out again, something it says there's a sentence blacked out that ends are highlighted and it starts talking about uh propeller driven bomber aircraft and jet engines armed with conventional and atomic bombs i mean i don't know what they're what why they're stating this here uh i guess they're talking about what they could use to combat these uh beings 
propeller-driven bomber aircraft, and because it's blacked out, there's no, there's nothing. You can't, you don't, you don't know what they're talking about. What's, why are these things highlighted? That, I'm just, I'm assuming, propeller-driven bomber aircraft and jet engines armed with conventional and atomic bombs, jet fighter aircraft, including some type of supersonic speed armed with rockets and guns, propeller-driven aircraft valued for their endurance, guided anti-aircraft missiles and radar-guided anti-aircraft guns. Short and medium range guided missiles, drone aircraft, atomic charges in bombs, missiles, and torpedoes. In the arena of nuclear weapons, we feel there is a certain advantage to be gained, blacked out. The rest of that sentence, we don't know what it says. It is speculated by some that if reduced size and miniature circuitry were introduced into the proposed hydrogen bomb program, it would give United States Strategic Air Forces a great deterrence capability over the Russians. Current studies at MIT of microelectronics taken from ULAT-1 may give us the strategic advantage so desired. It is strongly recommended that funding be allocated in this area. So let's just stop there. So we're seeing the beginnings, the beginnings of the reverse engineering programs in this document. That's what you're seeing. That's what this, that's what's being laid out here. It all makes sense. There is a good chance that the Russians may try to make use of the flying saucer scare by public news media and diplomatic means of a technological breakthrough in aircraft and missile development. We feel that such a disclosure would most certainly cause great embarrassment to our elected officials and to the military, not to mention the panic felt by the citizenry. To counter such a threat, it is recommended that a counterintelligence program be drawn up and held in obeyance if at such time the situation should present itself. It might be suggested that we should make a preempted use of these objects for the purpose of psychological warfare once the true nature of these objects are known and understood. To further assist and aid all MAGCOM in the U.S. and overseas, it is recommended that a standard intelligence reporting system be implemented through standard reporting channels with technical data forwarding instructions. At present, there are no specific intelligence guidelines available to military commanders in dealing with sightings and material evidence collection. It should be advisable for the respective secretaries of the armed forces to devise a security policy of plausible denial if and when the public becomes aware of the reality of these objects and the interest of the military of such incidents. In conclusion, for reasons of national security and the public well-being, the United States must be perceived as being the top of the heap and every effort must be made to ensure that there is and never has been a threat to this country. So there you go. There, There was the reasoning put forth by a bunch of top People in the Pentagon, as well as some top advisors, including uh, Robert Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer and Albert Einstein, uh, that uh, we need to keep this secret and uh, we should start reverse engineering this stuff and uh, uh, we don't want to upset people, so we're going to keep it a secret. Well, they've been doing it now for, what, uh, 76 years, 77 years, eighty, almost 80 years. This is where we're still at. I, I think that this document... Uh, could be real again when you start when you read something like this that the time and the effort at, at, to make something appear like it's real like this i mean it's it's it becomes impossible almost right 
I mean, why do something like this? What, what What's going to be the reward in the end to go this far with the hoax? It just doesn't make any sense. You, it, it would have to take, for one thing, I, 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 would, I find it impossible to, to believe that it, that it will only, if it is a hoax, that only one person was, would, be, would have been behind it. That's, that seems like an impossibility to me based on some of the, the scientific uh, arguments that were presented. This seems like this was a, a group effort by a lot of people. And I just can't see a group do, getting together and 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 doing something like this a hoax and and no one ever stepping forward and say yeah guess what i was part of that group that hoaxed this i just don't see it but i do see what i do what i, I have an easier time believing is that this is a real document and it was put together by by twining and all these other military officials back in 1947 as you know to, to let I, truman know hey we need to study this privately there's a lot of reasons and here are the reasons that makes sense to me, and and the the way it's for the format of it, it, it fits with the time. This has been investigated by, uh, like I to, like I talked about earlier, by people like Ryan Wood and his father Robert Robert Wood, among others, uh, and and they gave they they give this document a high probability of being uh, real on this based on their research, and I I I believe them. I think that this document is real, and it says a lot. Um. So that's where I'm at with it. I think it's a fascinating document. And I'll tell you what, I'll leave the link to this website. There's other documents. This is just one of many documents that were leaked over the years of uh, alleged MJ-12 documents. And I do I do, I, I do think that the that this one is probably real. I, I can't, can I prove that? No, I just a feeling I have after, you know, when you think about it and you put everything into perspective, I think that this document is real. No one's ever stepped forward and said, hey, I, did, I pulled this hoax off and, and people are still falling for it. Like I said, this would have taken a group, a, a, a group of people, determined people to put this together, to make it look old, to use the same kind of typeface and fonts that, that, that they were using back in the, in the 40s. Uh, and it just becomes impossible. It just becomes impossible to, to, to fake something like this. And some of the things that they talk about here, uh, I, I to me, you can't make some of this stuff up. Anyway, uh, I want to say uh, thank you all for joining me. Until next time.